welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. My guest today is April Martini. April spent the first 15 years of her career exploring all of the ins and outs of agency life. A believer that learning never stops, and the more experiences we amass, the better we are able to solve life's many challenges. April has made conscious moves throughout her career to do just that. With a design and MBA business foundation, plus years spent in agencies from branding to design to CPG to advertising to production, April spent her days doing much more than the work. What she knows is how to deal with tension, manage people and personalities, and how to identify and sell the right work to the right clients, which is what really matters in business. She brings her expertise to help others do it even better, especially when it comes to building new capabilities and the teams to support them. April firmly believes that fundamental to success in business is the ability to network and that as a result, strong, authentic relationships open doors and move businesses forward. Hi, April. Welcome to Revolutionary Woman. How are you today? Hi, Tess. It's so good to be on the show today. I really appreciate it, and I'm doing really well. How about you? I'm good, thank you. It's a little um, cloudy where I am, but otherwise I'm good. Um, okay, so I have a lot of questions for you, so let's get started. So, Great. So I read that you grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I sure did. Can you tell me a little bit about how your childhood was in Ohio? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, on what we call here the west side of town. So for people that are not familiar, we have a little bit of a, let's call it frenemy relationship between <laughs> the east and the west side of Cincinnati. And really? so growing up on the west side, yeah, it's perhaps uh, like an old money, new money thing, but it's it's met with a lot more uh, friendliness probably than frenemy anymore. Uh, but I was the oldest of five kids and mm-hmm. everyone always asks me, how did you feel about being the oldest? And I have to say that growing up in a home with so many children, I never actually felt bad about that. I Mm -hmm. actually really loved it. And coming into adulthood, you know, I have very unique relationships with each of my four siblings and have really come to relish the fact that as the oldest, Mm -hmm. they treat me as a little bit more of perhaps a mother figure. But for me, what that interprets too is someone that they feel like they can go to. Mm -hmm. And now it's really exciting for me because since we're all adults, we can go to each other. So I go to them for individual things as well. So really good upbringing. Can't say enough good things about how my parents raised us each to be successful, but as individuals, and Mm -hmm. there was never any sort of comparison between the kids. So I loved that. That's awesome. So I mean, okay, growing up as the oldest sibling, did you feel like you had to be responsible for them all the time? So I think that I felt a definite sense of responsibility to be there for them. But I would say that my mom and dad did a really good job of allowing each of us to still be children. And through that, I felt really a lot of joy, honestly, of helping out being kind of second in command when my dad was working a lot and being able to be a set of hands for my mom. It was not something that I think I ever went into begrudgingly. I also really loved 
little kids and still love little kids. So <laughs> that probably made it easier. Aww. But I think that because it wasn't set as like an expectation of your role as the oldest Aww. and more an invitation to do so, it really put me in a much better frame of mind to participate that way. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so obviously you, you were close to your siblings. Now, does that closeness stem from your parents as well? Oh, yes, for sure. So I think the really good thing that my parents set us all up for was the fact that your spouse is kind of your number one person. Mm -hmm. And not that you don't have strong and great relationships outside of that. But they did things like, uh, well, once there were five of us, they did two date nights a week. In the oh. beginning, I think they did one, they did one <laughs> date night a week. But they, they made it very clear that that bond and that partnership uh, serve as an example for us of mm. what the possibility was mm -hmm. in a true respectful union. Okay. Um, and I, I'm still quite close to each of them. I would say that my mom was the one that pushed me super hard to be who I am today. Mm. My dad is a little bit more of has maybe the daddy girl syndrome. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but also just they find a lot of pride and joy, I think, now that we're all adults in mm -hmm. watching us thrive in whatever industry we have chosen. But they're definitely always at the ready to help, whether, you know, now for me, that's I have two of my own children to mm. be really awesome grandparents that are around a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, for my siblings that don't have kids yet, it's just, you know, always there as a sounding board for whatever we, we might need from them. Mm -hmm. But also on the other side, not getting too involved. Okay. Uh, which I appreciate that about them too. It's like the advice at the right time and when asked, uh -huh. but not getting in the middle uh, yeah. of our lives as, as adults. So, yeah. I love that. Okay. Okay. So you are the co-founder of Forthright People. What I is, am. What is Forthright People about? <laughs> yeah. So um, I spent the first, call it 15 years of my career, very much on the agency side of the world, growing mm -hmm. up in a creative background. So my original uh, major was in graphic design out of DAP at the University of Cincinnati here. Mm -hmm. And then I went right into my MBA uh, in the Carl Linder College. And the point of that was really to build a business foundation through the creative field because I love the creative outlets and cultivating design and creative thinking and all of those things. Mm -hmm. So that was my world. After 15 years, I decided to go on my own and start my own company. And I think I thought that it was going to take a lot longer than it did to take hold. And mm -hmm. I think I woke up one day and oh, I don't know, call it 18 months into my own gig. And I felt a little bit of a sense of loneliness and like I was seeking something else. Mm -hmm. And the thing about Cincinnati and and really I think this is the world anymore in general, but it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Uh -huh. And so I agreed that year to take any meeting that anyone put in front of me and through a friend of a friend of a coworker and another coworker and a spouse, basically. Huh. So five degrees. Uh -huh. It led, it led me to Anne, and oh. Anne is the other half of fourth-rate people, and she is 20 years on the, on the uh, corporate side at Procter & Gamble, which is also located here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about the corporate agency relationship is that, at best, it is serviceable. At worst, it is contentious. Mm. And so I went into that meeting with a little bit of trepidation, really wasn't quite sure that I, I wanted to go into the meeting, quite frankly, but I had set this goal for myself of taking every meeting for the year and I met Anne at the small coffee shop in town here and three hours later we were still talking huh. 
And what I found in her was just a really kindred spirit Mm -hmm. from everything from just the way we lead our lives to the way that we felt like business should happen and that there was just a far better way to serve clients in a meaningful way without all of the politics, egos, infrastructure, overthinking things, just Mm -hmm. the desire to get to really great work and especially for clients that maybe wouldn't be able to access people like Ann and me on the regular. So. Over the course of the next year or so, we built this marketing and branding and really business consultative approach. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is we follow what we call a coach train do framework. So we Mm -hmm. try to be really flexible. We try to meet our clients where they are Mm -hmm. in whatever business they're in. Mm -hmm. And we can either coach leaders, founders, CEOs, executives to be even better at managing teams, meeting business goals, et cetera. We're kind of the cheerleader behind them, if if you will. Mm -hmm. The train portion is a hybrid approach. So we do some of the work on their behalf, but then we're readily jumping in to train people either new or in existing positions to do those jobs even better. And then the doing part is some organizations just say, you know what, we don't, we're not going to have marketing and branding in house. We'd like Mm -hmm. you to do that for us on our our behalf. Mm -hmm. And so we serve as that role as well, where we come in and we say, okay, we can lead your branding and your marketing, your comm strategy, all of your executions. Mm -hmm. And we do that as well. And the partnership I think really works because, because, Ann and I come from opposite sides of the fence. And while we share a lot of the same principles, values, goals for the clients we have, mm-hmm. we look at things really different. And so we bring a perspective to our clients that they don't always get mm-hmm. from other agencies. Right. I was going to ask you about that, like what you are able to provide, what other agencies aren't able to. But obviously, your model is specifically like tailored to the different needs of your clients and their businesses. Absolutely. And I think so from the agency side of things, really specifically what we provide is we don't employ anybody on a full time basis except for Anna and myself. And so a lot of these agencies have a bench of folks. And so Uh you're paying for that bench. You're not just paying for the resources that you need at any given time. Right. So my network is chock full of professionals who have gone on their own, started their own boutique agency, et cetera, et cetera. And so we just pull those people in as needed, Mm -hmm. as the experts that are super tenured in Mm. whatever thing they do. We have website design, creative review, uh, logo design, photography, all of those different things. We pull them when we need them, but Mm -hmm. we're not charging for them along the way. Mm -hmm. And then specific to Ann and me, you don't often, like I said, have agency and corporate folks join forces in the way that we have. So I think a lot of the value we provide for clients is they will pose a question to us Mm -hmm. and they are looking for in real time in that room, Mm -hmm. the perspective of me on the agency side and Anne on the corporate side. And we will debate that in front of them so that they truly understand what that relationship should look like. Mm -hmm. And we get to much better outcomes by doing it that way. Okay. I love that. Um, So you are a, a woman-led agency, a woman-led company. Mm-hmm. Has the number of women-led agencies increased, you think, over the years? Or has it basically just stayed the same or, or diminished because it, it originally was you know, basically male-dominated industry? So. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a loaded question, right? I mm-hmm. think we're doing better. Mm-hmm. I think we're making our way. Okay. Um, Anne and I actually spend a lot of time talking about this, both in our podcast, but also we have a a large sector of our business that has become more of that coach side of things, Mm -hmm. where we have a lot of women that come to us 
that are in unique situations in their careers. Mm -hmm. And what we feel is we really feel called actually to help those women Mm -hmm. because when Ann and I made the unique decision separately and then together to join forces on this agency, one of the subsets of the population that we really want to serve are these women. And Mm -hmm. we find everything from up and coming women who are trying to find their way in whatever organization they're in and male domination unfortunately is still a thing mm-hmm. i think you know like i said we're getting yeah. better but yeah. no matter the industry you're in you you come up against that at some point right, right. then we yeah. have everything from young women who are trying to decide do i want to have children is that feasible will my career stall if i do that mm-hmm. all the way to the other side where we have a lot of women on our coaching side that have young children or even teenage children and they feel like at certain points they've had to make concessions or take a step back in a way that they don't want to do and so we facilitate conversation and coaching from the reality of having been in those challenging situations ourselves Mm -hmm. to where we think that the marketplace or the world really is right now Mm -hmm. and what things those women can go and proactively do so that they don't feel like they have to concede or choose one side of the other. We focus a ton of our coaching on you can be successful at both. Mm -hmm. And here is how we would recommend you go and do so, but also acknowledging that each situation is unique and different. And there is just this legacy of, of, the male sort of leading the business side of things with women taking a step back. So we just Mm. try to take a really, you know, I guess I forthright approach, right? Mm -hmm. That's the name of our company Mm -hmm. in everything we do, but especially as it relates to this and helping women find a better way. I love that. Okay. And did you have an aha moment when you realized that creating forthright people was right for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I am, and Anne will say this, I'm the processor. I'm a little, I come with things with a little more trepidation typically. Mm -hmm. And I think at first we thought we were going to build something where we could really just offer more comprehensive services. So I built my whole career around what's the next thing I need to learn? What's the next thing I need to tackle? What do I need to go and do so that eventually I can have my own agency? But one outage for me was always the communication and PR side of things. And Anne brings that in space Mm. along with the corporate side of things. But I think for me, One of the things that we did really proactively after that first meeting was, and we still do this to this day, we spent three hours at least every week concentrated time together to talk, get to know each other, Mm. figure out what the business could look like, decide Uh who we might want to serve. And it really got to a much bigger picture idea. And Mm -hmm. I remember we... We agreed to participate in this local conference in town, and it was the first time that Ann and I had really put ourselves out there together as forthright people in a really intentional way, and we invested our time, our money, all of those things to go and do this. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first person that walked up to the booth and the way that we were able to articulate what we were passionate about, what we were bringing to the table, how it was different than the typical model, and having goosebumps in that moment and thinking, this is actually going to be something much greater than just those services we thought we were going to offer. There's a dynamic here mm-hmm. that I believed people would pay for, but also that I was just compelled to be a part of because I knew working with Anne was going to make me better too and vice versa. Hmm. I love Okay, that's great. So you also produce, you and Anne produce a podcast titled Marketing Smarts. We do. Now, how did that come about and what was your goal in creating this podcast? Yeah, so we unfortunately, or maybe fortunately now, started our business during the pandemic, Mm, right? So mm -hmm. the pandemic hit in March and April, we were live officially and full-time as fourth-rate people. And Uh so 
when that went, you know, came to fruition, we were doing everything we could to survive with Mm -hmm. a lot of clients pulling back. And we landed a fair amount of business, but I think we both found ourselves in a place of boredom. And also we didn't want to give up. So Mm. we started exploring what marketing channel or channels we felt like would be most conducive and also most helpful in getting our message out there. Uh And as things happen, I feel like when you put yourself out there in the universe, the universe gives back, right? So we were asked separately to be on a few different podcasts. And then one person that Ann knew from a previous life approached us together Mm -hmm. and said he had this idea that there weren't that many women in podcasts. There weren't that many women in business focused podcasts and Mm -hmm. there really weren't any duos. And so he asked us to come on together. And I think we really found another moment of that sort of magic I described when we went to that conference Mm -hmm. where we just really were dynamic together and Mm -hmm. we built on each other and we did some of that real time debate and he felt like we had something. And so he came back to us and said, I'd really like to produce your show on your behalf. And we, we kind of sat back and said, Oh, that's interesting. We both were really enjoying the podcast realm just in total. Uh That was our first time together. And we talked a lot about it as we do with everything. And we finally came to the conclusion that while that was flattering and Mm -hmm. a super nice offer and we credit Mm -hmm. him with kind of getting us off the ground, we were like, why not do this ourselves? And Mm. so we, went all in really we decided that podcasting was going to be the channel we've added different producers we've added different studios Mm -hmm. we contemplated doing it on our own entirely Mm -hmm. and we just decided you know what if we're going to take a run at something we really want to build our voice and our credibility in the space Mm -hmm. for different reasons for me it was i was used to running a, a team of 14 people if not more and running half the agency business at the previous agency and was coming off the heels of a corporate career at Procter and Gamble and Mm -hmm. then not necessarily having the same um, visibility or accessibility to some of those folks. And so we decided we're doing things one-on-one. We had started our coaching practice, but we felt like we could bring a lot more to the masses really quickly. And Mm -hmm. I've said throughout this, you know, we really wanted to serve underserved clients. And that was where the idea of marketing smarts was born. And Mm. we actually are just about to hit our hundredth episode, which means we've been releasing an episode every Tuesday for just about a hundred weeks. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Oh my gosh. That's really cool. And especially like, you know, I love the fact that you are, you know, I mean, with everything else, you have a specific um, I guess audience, but you're also you also want to help the ones who are underserved, which I really yes. appreciate. That's really cool. Yes. Um, so, can you mention a time when you thought you needed to do something that could affect your life and others? I mean, I think we're in it right now. We mm-hmm. are creating a women's mastermind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our next big undertaking after the podcast. The podcast has reached a level of maturity where we feel pretty comfortable mm-hmm. with what we're recording and what we're doing and getting those episodes out. And so we decided to tackle something else. We've mm-hmm. taken a run ourselves mm-hmm. at a women's mastermind and we've actually gotten pretty serious about it. So we recently hired a woman out of Chicago who built a woman's magazine there and is just really tuned into what exists, what doesn't exist, what white space we could serve. But Uh 
Ann and I both feel this calling, like I was saying before, to really help women that are in the unique position of wanting to drive their career forward, mm-hmm. but also not sure where family fits in with that. Mm. And so that's the impetus of this mastermind. I'd said we have a lot of one-on-one coaching clients that come mm-hmm. to us with this, but the same philosophy of, all right, we want to get our message out there. We built the podcast. We feel the same way about this mastermind. We really... Mm feel like we have learned a lot of valuable lessons. We have almost 40 years of collective experience together Mm -hmm. and we feel compelled to help tackle this thing that often isn't talked about directly. It's maybe more talked around, but how do women sustain their careers and quote unquote have it all and not feel any guilt associated with the decisions they make, Mm -hmm. whether it's about kids, you know, other people they caretake in their lives, Mm -hmm. uh, their personal lives in general, whether that, you know, means being single or whatever, and how to balance interests in life with career progression. I love that because, you know, um, I I agree because so many times, you know, you have women who may want to, like, or are starting their own endeavor, but are afraid to because they're like, how am I going to manage this and taking Mm -hmm. care of my family and hopefully making some money? How, I mean, and a lot of times it's seen as, you know, it's you're you're made to feel guilty, like you said, but it's also seen like, oh, wait, you mean you're serious? <laughs> you know, so it's yes. not taken yeah. seriously, yeah. and yep. uh, it's it's like it's it's unfortunate because there's so many women who probably could have just already done what they wanted to do had it not been for stereotypical, or or you know, yeah, well, basically a stereotypical um, comments. And, you know, and and the background noise in that head, in your head, saying, well, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not for me, or maybe I really shouldn't be doing this, or maybe I should wait. And then you wonder, you know, it's like, how many people, how many women have waited for so long, right? And then when they're finally, they finally get to that point, I mean, is there, then you wonder, okay, is there still a market for this, you know, so, or or have I missed the boat? So and I and I so I love the way you and Anne are thinking because it is so needed, especially now. You know, like we yes. need to really empower all these women who have pretty much sat back because they weren't being supported or they didn't think yes. they could be supported. So thank you for that. That's really yeah. awesome. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so um going forward, well, is there anyone you would credit for where you are now? Oh my gosh. I mean, my <laughs> mind floods with so many people, right? Um, we set this up starting talking about parents, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, both of mine, like I said, were great with the five of us of never comparing, never mm-hmm. trying to make us feel like we had to be equal or better at something than the other sibling. Right. I would say my mom really specifically to the point, all the women stuff we've been talking about, right? Mm-hmm. She just never let it be an issue for me. It mm-hmm. was you are a person. I don't care what age you are. You have a voice. Use your voice. Oh, I love and that. if you're met with resistance, yeah. then that's the other person's problem. Right. Yeah. And I just always felt that sort of strength and empowerment from a very early age, even when I didn't necessarily know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then along the way, I mean, 
Anne and I talk all the time about one aspect that's troublesome when we think about women is that there's this feast or famine where it feels like there can only be one, right? Mm -hmm. The first female Mm -hmm. president, vice president, the first female presidential candidate, but you know, the first, the first, the only is what I think that translates to. And so along my journey, there have been women that I feel like I've taken one or two from each different, call it job, uh, degree, Mm -hmm. (laughs) point in life. And what I want to see is that drum roll beat harder, get bigger. And mm-hmm. so those women I credit because they, they lived the same thing that very early on my mom did, right? It doesn't yeah. have to just be one. We're all people. We all have a voice. We all have value. We provide value. And then as whether they were, you know, coworkers or, or friends or bosses mm-hmm. along the way, they're the people that said we all can rise together more right. than doing it individually on our own. Also, you don't have to repeat the mistakes that I made along the way. I want you to learn from them. So then you and I and all of us will be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I feel valuable while it wasn't an overwhelming amount along mm. the way, there mm-hmm. was enough that I didn't feel lonely in mm-hmm. the way that I was brought up to think and continue to think today. I love that. And I love that your mom specifically was just like, you know, that okay, keep going, you know, no matter what the resistance is, just keep Mm -hmm. going. And the fact that you had four other siblings and that they, you know, you were never pitted against each other, which is, you know, unusual in a way because, you know, I mean, not all families, but a lot of families have like, you know, there's there's competition, there's comparison, um, and it's, really nice to hear that you know there is there are families who are just there doing their thing and providing support for one another you know yes 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 i know i was lucky for sure wow okay so going forward what are your personal goals and or if there hasn't if there's something that you haven't yet tried what would you like to do oh man that just floods (laughs) with so many things um Uh, yeah, so, I mean, one of my big focuses right now, and what Ann and I always talk about is, is we live what we preach, right? Mm. So I, my current situation is I do have two young kids. Mm-hmm. I have a son who's going to be seven and a daughter who's about to be four. Mm. And I, there's a lot that I feel compelled to push forward, pay forward, and rebuild with the next generation that I received when I was younger, there's also a lot of things that I think this world has presented us with that Mm -hmm. makes it more important than ever to have the real conversations with your children, make sure that they feel that empowerment, that they feel respected, that Mm -hmm. they feel heard and understood. And that is a major part of my everyday life. A Mm. lot of going on my own Mm -hmm. was, I was in a situation where I was in the most flexible agency position I'd ever been in. And I still felt, felt pulled between only my son at the time and then this agency. And I finally told myself there has to be a better way. And so my life is a lot more fluid. I spend, you know, the hours working that I need to work and the time with my children when I need to spend with them, but it's not a nine to five situation at work. And, uh, you know, they get the rest of me. Mm -hmm. That's a huge part of who I am today. I think as far as what's to come, yeah, This whole idea of assisting other women, I mean, I know you asked, what have you not tried? I think Ann and I are investing in 
you know, the, that side of the business and getting other folks to come along because we feel like there is so much we haven't tried. Right. And so while we feel like our stories and our journeys and the things we've learned along the way and the things we've done well and not well, quite frankly, whether we're talking about being parents or professionals or women in business in general, mm-hmm. there's so much more we have to give and we, we can do. And we also want to enlist those other people that supported us along the way or the people that are out there that we don't even know yet yeah. that will yeah. join this movement to helping women not be the, you know, secondary, but be really truly equal, whether we're talking about numbers Mm -hmm. or impact Mm -hmm. or not having to make decisions one way or another and not feeling guilt anymore. So I I feel a lot of motivation, whether I'm looking at my two children who are Mm -hmm. young and impressionable, or Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about all the experience I've had as a woman in business, or I'm dealing with our coaching clients on a day-to-day basis that need this assistance to just do more and have a voice, bring my voice forward and have that bigger impact. Okay. So April, um, when you started out your business, did you encounter some negative feedback you know, when you were starting or had this idea of creating this and then creating it with Anne, um, did you encounter negative feedback as well as where did at some point did you say, hmm, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do this? Or did you just say, you know what, that's not, you know, that's, that's not where I'm going for. So, and I'm moving well, forward. I think- Yeah, anytime that you make a decision that is contrary to the way the rest of the world feels like it should be, Mm -hmm. you're met with backlash, unfortunately. Right. I mean, at that point in time, I was a VP at the agency where I was. I had a really good job. Uh Like I said, I, I... If I had made it work anywhere, it would have been there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did have friends, especially friends from the more corporate side of things that just did not understand how I could walk away from the salary and the title Mm. and the flexibility that I actually had at that point in time and and go out on my own. Um, That was, of course, tough. Uh There were also people that I think that... um, had done it before me and I did have a good network. So like to the contrary, I had probably equal amount supporters as naysayers and that was really helpful. Yeah. But I also, I'm a planner Mm. and I, my brain is always going. So I had built myself about a six month runway before I even resigned from the organization and then Uh. still gave them another two months to help with the transition. Uh So I felt really confident in myself at that point that mm-hmm. I was ready. Yeah. And so the naysayers faded to the background and the things that they thought should be important to me really weren't important to me mm. at that point in time. Okay. Paired with the fact that there had been other points in my career and, and I'm, you know, I'm not shy about saying that I jumped companies frequently. I was always looking to learn the next thing. Mm-hmm. If I felt like what I was giving wasn't what I was getting anymore, I never had any issue with changing positions. Uh-huh. And there had been times throughout that journey that I had felt maybe it's time to go on my own. Mm. And every time there was always something else I needed to tackle, something else I needed to learn, something that I felt like if I was asked the question, I wouldn't know the answer. And Uh at this point in time, I just felt like I wasn't facing any of that anymore. Paired Mm. with the fact that at the agency where I was, I had built an entire department that they didn't have previously around brand strategy and marketing strategy. And so I felt really strong that I had perhaps tested it out on someone else's dime. I guess you could look at it that way. (laughs) Yeah. But there wasn't anything else to tick off my list. And Mm -hmm. the things that the naysayers were saying really weren't considerations for me anymore. So they flew, they they went off to the background. I love that. Okay. Yep. Cool. So what are your goals for forthright people? 
what are our go- our goals as a company? Mm-hmm. Is that sorry? Your goals? I, it, it oh, so, sorry. Okay. Are your what are your goals going forward with Forthright People? So, like I said, we have the coach train do model. Mm-hmm. We're pretty evenly divided on what areas of the business each of those like percentage wise focuses on. Mm-hmm. I am at the point in my career where I would coach all day long if I could. And I love that aspect of the work. And so my personal goal with fourth rate people is to get much more to that point where the coaching clients and the speaking engagements Mm -hmm. and the podcasts and these things where I'm really able to put a point of view out there and assist others. That's where I get the most energy. Mm -hmm. For us as a business overall, the growth only matters to me from a financial perspective if it's equivalent to the impact we're having in other people's lives. Mm. So Anne and I have done everything from turn down clients who were going to be a distraction to not take on work that didn't fit that model Uh to invest in areas of the business that, quite frankly, weren't profitable. And Mm. I think we're both of the mind that we feel a much bigger calling than just the dollars. Mm -hmm. And so I hope we always stay grounded in that. And we continue to have this ongoing conversation really on a daily basis Mm -hmm. to preserve the integrity of our business at its very, very core. Mm -hmm. So that people look at us as the people that are really invested and driven Mm -hmm. to make the business world better, Mm -hmm. regardless of type, size, women-led, men-led, you know, just that mm-hmm. accessibility to the assistance from a marketing and branding perspective through the lens of business mm-hmm. that allows others to succeed because of the assistance we provide. Awesome. So if anyone wanted to know more about Forthright People and your podcast, how would they go about it? Yeah, so you can find us, Marketing Smarts by Ann Candido and April Martini on any of your players of choice. We're out there on all of those platforms. You can also find the page on our website. For forthright people in total, we are really close to launching a new website, but it'll be the same URL, so forthright-people.com. And then, like I said, if you want the podcast page, it's slash forward slash podcast. Mm -hmm. If you want to connect with me specifically, LinkedIn is great, or I'm at April at forthrightpeople.com. And I would also just add the plug that if you listen to the podcast, please rate and review, because that provides a lot of help for us in showing up in the right places. Awesome. So is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners? So this is the one piece of advice I always give to people, and I get a chuckle, especially after we've had these you know, intense conversations, mm-hmm. uh, but it comes from a specific place. So I always tell people to make sure you take your vacation. Huh. And like I said, people laugh. They chuckle. They're like, what? Like, after all this, that's what you're going to say? Uh-huh. And that comes from the place of I spent a lot of years early on over investing in work, taking vacations, not taking vacations, not creating space from the business, really mm-hmm. feeling like I had to be plugged in and online all the time in mm-hmm. order to build my reputation, credibility, and my personal brand. Mm-hmm. And what I have found since is that, and I'm not always the best the best student of this advice either, but mm-hmm. especially since I've had children, I've really tried to go away. And whether that means a week-long vacation or it means two days in the woods with my kids or it means just an afternoon not by my computer, Mm -hmm. finding those times to unplug is where I believe we find the inspiration 
and what really recenters us and moves us to do the things that we're called to do. And if we don't do that, we work ourselves to death. Mm -hmm. Burnout is a very real thing. And so we have to find the space and the outlets. And, And especially for younger folks, this is something that I reiterate over and over again, is you have to build this practice because it doesn't get better or easier. The order you get, your life gets more complicated. So the Mm -hmm. earlier on you can build in that discipline, the better off you will be in the long term. I love that. And it's so true. You know, I actually, when I still lived in New York, I would actually take a morning, almost every morning, and just drive to the nearest beach by me and have my coffee Mm -hmm. and have my, and just look out to the water and stay there for like, what, a good 15, 20 minutes, you know, but it's a great way to just to center me and center my day. And then I can, okay, and then I can just keep going. So I love that advice. Yep. So um, if you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago, what would it be? I think it goes back to the point I just made, which is finding the breaks and Mm. taking Mm -hmm. the quiet moments. Okay. And I'm still, like I said, I'm not, I'm not great at that today. I really am not. (laughs) And I, you know, I'm go, go, go all the time. When you have little kids, you yeah. get even more in that routine. Right. Um, but I'm a big fan now of meditation, uh, oh. yoga, okay. uh, taking a walk in the neighborhood with my dog, just anything mm. where I get away really specifically from technology, but I get away from the thoughts in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was not good at that. I, I always was of the philosophy that I could work, 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 and I could get there. And I, you know, I was like, yeah. hit the, the nail as hard as you can, keep going, keep going, keep going. Right. And I just wish that I had learned earlier that there is a point of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that if you find some space for yourself and give yourself a little bit of grace, you'll be far more productive in the long run. No, I so I so get it. Okay. And my last question is, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, you know, I think patience. <laughs> I was, really? Uh, I was, yeah, I mean, I was, um, because I think I'm built to be, I'm very type A, if you haven't picked that up, I have a little bit of OCD tendencies. Uh-huh. Um, but I was not always great early on in my career about bringing other people along. And mm. like the nuances of relationships and conversations and taking the time to really listen to what other people were saying and appreciate where they were coming from. Mm-hmm. There were plenty of times because I would always put a lot on my plate or be assigned a lot or whatever that I was very tunnel vision in the way that I approached things. It was about what's the next goal, the next milestone, the next project we're delivering. And mm. I could handle a ton of work and mm-hmm. deliverables. Right. But I wasn't always great at, at taking that that time to build relationships. And I've definitely flipped that on my head now that I'm older and, and maybe wisened up a bit or, you know, been knocked down a few times, mm-hmm. perhaps. But mm. I feel like the more that you can live within the gray areas, notice and pick up on the nuances, take the time to bring other people along, just live with that grace that I was talking about before, mm-hmm. the faster you get there, the more you reap the benefits of that. And so yeah. luckily I, I mentioned before, like I had a, a one or two people along the way at any given phase of my career that were telling me this. Now, whether or not I listened at that moment in time or not, I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Now I, I, you know, I, now I carry those people with me, you know, and they were patient enough to wait for me to get there. Right. Mm. But um, yeah. just making sure that you're taking it all into account, everything that's going on around you and not assuming that your way is the right way all the time. Right. 
Wow, April, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us and uh, with me and, and my listeners and for coming on the show. And um, I am so excited for you about Forthright People and your podcast. And thank you. Your, um, your upcoming initiatives and, and, you know, continued success. And I hope to hear more about it, um, you know, moving forward. But you know, awesome. what, I, what I really loved is that you are, um, you really have, besides having the passion to help people, you have, you, you know what your purpose is. You and Anne know what your um, passions are as well as your purpose in doing this and helping people, you know, and it's not just mm. a business. It's, it's definitely, you know, it, it's a business, but it's also born out of your willingness and, and your passion to help out. So I yeah, appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you. Well, okay. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming on and I will talk with you soon. Have a good day. Okay. Thank you so much, Seth. Okay. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about April Martini on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Women. You can listen to Revolutionary Women on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note. I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman.